Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them with your small business, or you're looking for a bank that can also do at the same time all those services in a personal way, that's hard to find. But you can find it at Renaissance Bank. Trust me, I know because I've used their services. Go to renaissancebank.com and find their local office and give them a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Monique Russell. Monique is, her company is Clear Communication Solutions. Monique, welcome. Hey, John. Thank you for having me. It's a delight to have you. I'm a little nervous, though, because you're a communications expert, so we'll see how I do uh, uh, sitting next to you. So but, far, so good. Okay, okay, cool. Um, let's give everyone an introduction to you and your work. How are you serving folks out there? Yes. So I am Monique Russell. Like you said, I am from the beautiful islands of the Bahamas and also Nigeria. And I help people who are interested in having positive and productive relationships at home and work with effective communication strategies. So people come to me, they they come to me and they hire me when they want to have more confidence in themselves, when they want to have a better connection in their team with team building, when they want to get better at delegating or just better at time. Also, I work with business owners who are looking to improve their public speaking and communication skills, and they want to take their credibility, have more visibility so they can have more opportunity. I love all of that. Talk about your journey, Monique, and what what, what is it about communications that really lights your fire, I guess, as it were, inspires you and make, makes you want to help people improve? So I will tell you that from I was eight years old, I started speaking in front of live audiences in the church. Mm. And then that grew into performing arts, that grew into drama, and I just came alive. I wanted to be the life of the party, okay? (laughs) So where people tend to say, oh, I don't want to be seen, I was raised to be seen. When people run away from the stage, I run towards the stage. And I remember in fifth grade, I had a play and I memorized not only my lines, but I memorized everybody else's lines in the play. So whoever got tripped up. Yes. Wow. We had it on videotape, but um, it got lost in one of the hurricanes. And so we don't have the evidence, but you'll have to talk to my mom about it. (laughs) I believe you. Um, But that's that's an amazing skill to have that. I mean, that says something natural about you. I mean, normally you think that you have to train to be able to memorize something like that, right? But you did that naturally. Oh my God, because I was so engaged. I, I loved it. You know, when you when it's something you love, you get mm-hmm. lost in it. Some people like to crochet. They mm-hmm. like to play the piano. My oldest son, he will play for hours. Mm. But for me, when I thought about the performance, I just... I just loved it. So mm-hmm. I memorized everybody's parts. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's pretty cool. So you um, had this love of speaking. You really brought that to a lot of different venues. So talk about 
your journey um, northward. We were talking a little bit about, a little bit about that before we came on the air. Yes. So my journey into what I'm doing actually right now, mm-hmm. though it started there in the Bahamas with the performing arts, I left the island at 17 years old. My mom put me on the plane, waved goodbye. Um, you know, I grew up very humble beginnings. And so it was time to go get off the island. We say get off the rock. Mm. And I went all the way to Minnesota. Cold wow. Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. That's how they say Minnesota. That's right. It's on the roof. And I said, roof? It's the roof. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So I went there, I studied, I studied journalism. Um, I switched from the private university to the public university. I had my first son there in St. Cloud, beautiful St. Cloud, Minnesota. Mm. And I continued my graduate studies in public relations and advertising. But John, you should know the media world is not where you're going to go get rich. Okay. Right. So after looking for hundreds of opportunities, I realized that I had all these student loans and I was, would be starting off at less than nothing Mm -hmm. in the media world, which was not going to work for me. So I basically started off in executive support, working and supporting executives. I got a behind the scenes day to day front row view of what made leaders tick, what made them feel afraid, uncomfortable. And because I had the communication skills and background, people would often come to me and ask me for communication advice, what to do with employees, how to keep the employees engaged and I, I literally had a chair in mm-hmm. my in my cubicle and people would come and sit down and talk. And I had to actually take the chair out because I needed to get the work done. But fast forward today, I looked at all the things that the executives had and I started to see myself the same way. I didn't have their corporate title. It was Fortune 18 companies, Fortune 20 companies. So we're not just talking about, you know, a market on the street. Mm-hmm. And And I said, well, they have access to coaches. I'm going to go hire my own coach. Mm. And I started embodying what I noticed, what I observed, what I saw worked and didn't work. And then I started freelancing on the side. So that started a speaking journey, freelancing, doing um, engagements at colleges and universities. And I also picked up some side work as a professor at one of the college teaching communication skills, Mm. public speaking. And then Mm -hmm. I did that for a number of years before I became a subject matter expert for the public speaking courses, redesigning the courses for people to matriculate, um, graduate from. Wow. Um, Okay. I want to jump back to something you said that just really blows me away. And I think it's wonderful. Blows me away in a great way. Um, you really went to work for your cl- future clients, basically, in in effect, right? I mean, you didn't really know what business you were going to start down the road, but you learned from your future clients as opposed to when you started your business, like a lot of people start their business and they think they know what clients want. When By the time you got around to starting your business, you knew because you had already worked for them as an employee and you were kind of their therapist on the side, right? (laughs) Let me tell you, I did not know it then. In Mm -hmm. fact, then you're in that position and I'm like, oh, 
this is not where I want to be. This is not what I went to school for. I'm only going to be here for a year and then I'm gone. Yeah. And a year turned to two, turned to three, turned, you know how, you know how this Mm -hmm. thing goes. Oh yeah. But I did not realize until I connected with someone I was working on a contract, a government contract with outside of my corporate role and his experience. And one of the conversations we had, and I will never forget it when I was doing my complaining about not being where I want to be and not really being as engaged as what I, and what I wanted to do. And he said, Monique, you, you are being paid to have a firsthand practical training. And when I thought about it like that, Mm -hmm. I was like, you're right. He said, you have access to what the VPs don't have access to. Some of the senior directors don't have access to because you're in the room and you're behind the scenes and seeing what works, what makes them tick and what doesn't. And so when I am engaging with clients who are CEOs and government leaders and representatives of large and small companies, it doesn't intimidate me. And, you know, where most people, to your point, would say, OK, I don't I'm not really sure what the pain points are or how to communicate in a way to speak to their needs, I'd already had it. So I could pull examples and references from people that I watched and supported right. and be able to speak to the needs. And, and the, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how big the leader is, they all have the same needs, which is to be heard and understood, to be able to be respected. No leader, no matter how poorly they are, perceived in business or in the workplace, none of them want to say, all I want to do when I grow up is be a hated leader. I want people to hate me and disrespect me, said right. no one ever. Right. So it, dis- it, it did give me a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Well, you, this is a real lesson for folks that are may- maybe they're coming out of corporate or wherever they're coming from, but they want to start their own consulting business or their own uh, um, coaching business or whatever. Um and they go get their certifications and that's where they spend their time. Right. And this is a common journey for a lot of people. What you did without really knowing it, but you did it is you went, you work for your clients. That's what you did. (laughs) And that makes to me a ton of sense because by the time you got to that point where you're starting your business, you had to be miles ahead of where a lot of people are. Yeah. And, and I would say for anyone who's starting to look at everything that you've done in the past and see how it can relate to what you want to do in the future. Because even when I worked with the universities and I was like, you know, you just do it. I had fun doing it because I was teaching and it was a subject that I loved. Public speaking, intercultural communications, media and culture. That was my favorite course to teach. And I taught for over 10 years. And when I look back at those things and what I do today in the training workshops and, you know, helping my business clients who want to improve their visibility with public speaking, there's so much reference material that I am able to pull from and bring it into their, their learning journey. Mm. So let's, I want to step back for just a second and talk about just public speaking in general. I mean, we've got a lot of people that come on this show that listen to this show that are interested in public speaking as a career. You help people like that, right? So talk about how that, industry has changed. Certainly the pandemic has had an effect, but there are other changes as well. So talk about that. Oh, yes. Okay. So, well, I will say 
in general, um, if we look at the the career side or the business side of public speaking, traditionally you have your keynote speakers or you have your workshop leaders. Someone may be on a panel or they may be on an MC. I'm just going to talk about the keynotes, for example. Mm-hmm. Keynotes, we have your conferences and, you know, that person is there to bring the inspiration. It's It's the motivation. It's setting the tone at the beginning of the day or even at the end of the day. What has changed in recent years is that the level of demand for those who are speaking just from a motivational or an inspirational standpoint has decreased. So if you're looking to increase your speaking business, you have to be aware that event organizers and planners, they're looking for things that are more practical in your keynote speech. Mm. Um, You'd see sometimes people would add things that may be in a workshop, exercises or reflection points or practical takeaways. I can't tell you how many times event planners, these two words are used, practical and applicable, practical and applicable, practical and applicable. We want something that's practical and applicable, something the audience can implement today, walk Mm. away with today, not something they can find on Google. So from a keynote standpoint and the business of that, anyone going into this industry or who has been seasoned in the industry has to be aware of those tweaks because the audience will provide the feedback. And if the audience isn't happy, the event organizer isn't happy and you don't get paid again and again and again. Mm-hmm. It, it's a one-time shot. So that's one aspect that has changed. The second one, I think it's the obvious, right? You know, we have a lot more hybrid opportunity and with the hybrid opportunity of speaking, yes, you can speak all over the world. You can be in Slovenia, you can be in the UK, but if you don't have that awareness of the intercultural communication and the intercultural sensitivity with your audience, you can cause some unintended gaffes. So you want to be mindful of the content. The content has become much more weighty. It has um, has more relevance Um, And you cannot just get away with something that's very light and fluffy because your audience, they're in their homes. They have all the distractions. They're not in the conference center. They're not in the nice, comfy chairs. They can go to the bar or get the food that the conference organizer is providing. And all of those things factor into how someone receives your message. Mm -hmm. It goes into the sensory aspects, but they are at home and maybe the dog's barking, maybe the kid's coming in, maybe whatever is happening So now how do you command their attention? Why should they listen to you? So that whole aspect of the hybrid, it has exposed a lot of really poor speakers. And so you have to switch your content. You have to make sure that your content is applicable. It's relevant. It's practical (laughs) with takeaways. We've got those words, those two words, practical and applicable. I got two big ones. Yeah. But a couple things there. The, you've also got the distraction of just the window right next door to the zoom window, right? I mean, that's probably the biggest one, right? Because if you can easily, if you tune people, if, if people tune you out, I should say, um, they're on their browser, right? Or they're looking at emails or whatever they're doing. Um, so it's, it's a lot easier to get tuned out Yes, if you're not practical and applicable. That's right. That's where the skill of designing your content and your keynote or your speech comes in very, very handy. So you have to design it in a way that keeps the engagement. And if you're a 
this is a question. It sounds like a statement, but it's a question. I mean, I, I would assume that the, the former, uh, big room, big stage where you can hold someone with, uh, your, uh, whatever you bring your, uh, yourself, right. Um, you really can't do that online that you would have to have more content behind you that people want to see what you're talking about. Right. And so that's where that, that deck or whatever come comes into play. Do I have that right? You have it absolutely right. And there are a lot of things that can help you stand out Mm -hmm. and sound like a leader. Do you sound like a leader? You know, Mm -hmm. you can, you can do a lot of things. I mean, vocal variety exercises, but ultimately your content is what's going to keep them engaged. Mm. Got it. So uh, folks, we're here chatting with Monique Russell. Monique is a global communications coach with our own firm, Clear Communication Solutions. So I want to switch gears here and I want because I want to talk about your book. You've got a book, um, Intentional, Intentional Motherhood. And I love the subtitle, Who Said It Would Be Easy? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody that's had kids, right? Uh, talk about your book. Yeah, this book is something that was birthed in the pandemic. And I'm going to tell you a a funny story because a lot of people in my family, um, they would often ask me for advice. And I would also give advice to some of my clients that I'm working with because a lot of the business owners uh, are moms as well. And I found myself giving the same information over and over. But, you know, with the pandemic, there are a lot of things that you think about and reflect on. And I said, man, I wish I had more information about my grandmothers and how they felt about raising kids and how they felt about their relationships. And it just spurred this deep desire, a mission really for me to leave something concrete about how I feel and see on the topic of motherhood. Mm. And I talked it over with a friend. She encouraged me to create the cover, which was um, not that version, but something that looked similar. Just create a cover, put it up on one of those uh, websites. And that evening we were having a meeting and I dropped that link with the cover and the pricing. And I said, it's coming out in January. And I dropped it and 13 people bought the non-existent book. Wow. So I said, I got to get to work. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awesome. That's how it started. I didn't make the deadline. I will be honest and say I didn't make the January, but it came out in February. And I wrote this book because I took all the principles that I learned as a teenage mom. And I talked about the identity of a mother, uh, what working moms need to have in order to be successful, the transferable skills of motherhood and leadership. Um, I talked about the ego of fatherhood and, you Mm. know, just dealing with navigating situations in your life with men that are leading by their egos. Maybe they don't know how to. And that is an example that happened with me and my dad, which I'm proud to say we have a great relationship today, but it was a journey to get there. Mm -hmm. So my book is really a blueprint for anyone that wants to step outside of the box of societal labels for motherhood, that it gives them a reflection on how to think about what motherhood means to them and their identity, because we plan for everything, school, vacations, weddings, 
our job credentials. But when it comes to motherhood, it just sort of happens. It's not a, how do I really want to be? What does motherhood success look like for me? So I bring in a lot of the tools and strategies that I've used with my clients and with my family members to help moms everywhere Mm -hmm. um, to feel more empowered and to really use communication to connect with themselves, their family and their children. You just mentioned a reason that men need to read this men with daughters, right? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, so you men out there that kind of checked out during this part of what Monique was talking about. I mean, what you really touched on that and talking about your dad. I mean, because when you're, when I'm the, uh, uh, I've got a daughter, you know, and I want her to grow up and be a great mom, right? So it's really important to learn some of these lessons. Yes, and I will tell you, my my biggest fans of the book are dads. I love that. Okay, <laughs> It is really a leadership book. So mm-hmm. as you get into it, you see the principles of self-like versus self-love, for example, things we do when we like ourselves, you know, the externals, get our hair cut, nails, whatever. And then the things that we do when we love ourselves and really thinking positive, having ne- um, positive thoughts instead of negative thoughts and being gentle and kind and patient with ourselves. So it's it's very it's a leadership book, it's a motherhood book, it's a family book, and everybody should read it. Sounds great. Uh, well, folks, we'll have the link in the show notes. Uh, Intentional motherhood. Who said it would be easy, <laughs> Monique Russell? Um, and it's it, she goes on to say on the cover here: a journey on likes to loves for working mothers, and more. We just made that point. So check it out. You've also written, you had, had another book that you wrote along the way, The Ultimate Speaker's Guide. Yes, The Ultimate Speaker's Guide. It really walks you through, if you can get through the first two parts of the book, you are ahead of 90% of the people who want to do public speaking. Mm. And the reason why that is, is because the exercises that are in the front of the book, it's like, it's written like a workbook. But if you can really be patient with yourself and complete those, you're going to have so much clarity. It's like you're having a coaching session with me. Mm. Um, But if you can get through the first two parts of the book, you're going to be way ahead. Because most people who want to do public speaking, they will say, well, I have a story to tell and I, I want the world to hear it. And that's great. You can do it on YouTube. You can go on LinkedIn Live or Facebook Live and tell your story. But when it comes to the business of speaking, there are critical pieces that must be in place. You have to identify what part of your story is relevant for your audience. Not all parts are relevant. And you have to identify, you know, your signature speech. And that's another thing that's changed, John, in the industry. You know, people would say, just have that one speech and hit it over and 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 over. Well, yes and no. You have to have more than one and tweak it in a way that it can connect with the audience that you have. But that book, The Ultimate Speaker Gu- Speaker's Guide, it, ha- it talks about storytelling. Um, you will complete the exercises and you'll have topics that you can speak on instantly, um, give information on how to research your, inf- your topic and add additional value to your angle of what you want to say. So it's, uh, it's a guide. You've mentioned uh, several things that could be the answer to this question uh, here, Monique, but what's the biggest mistake that someone that wants to make a business out of public speaking, what's the biggest mistake that they make? Well, there are several, but the biggest one, let me think about this. Um, 
thinking that it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's easy or they deserve to get paid just because they have a story to tell or they don't need to look or pay attention to perception. That's mm. a big one. As much as we like to say, oh, it doesn't matter. Be yourself. Well, okay. But be yourself with conditions. If you want to be a speaker that is perceived as someone who knows what they're talking about, who comes with a level of professionalism, don't have fuzzy pictures in your media kit. Have professional pictures. Get quality audio if you are serious about the business of speaking. These are small things, um, but they're also larger things in terms of how you're dealing with people, even in your contract language that sets you apart from just the average person um, to someone who's a serious business professional in the speaking world. I would think that uh, folks underestimate how competitive it really is. Oh, it is. And 80 to 90% of people that speak, speak for free. A a lot of the places that people want to speak at, they don't pay. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know how to make money from those quote unquote free Um, engagements or opportunities, you'll constantly feel like you're giving, 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 and you're not getting anything back. But that's where your message and your offering in terms of, can this person help me improve my life? Can they help me, you know, make a difference in where I'm struggling? Um, I want more. More means maybe I want their book. Maybe I want their coaching. Maybe I want to hire them. I mean, I've had that happen so many times and it doesn't matter how large the audience is. It can be an audience of five. But if your framework and your model and your delivery is done well, you will walk away with success. You've got a podcast, Monique, called Bridge to You. Uh, Talk about your podcast. And then, uh, if you would, second part of the question, talk about the importance of a someone that wants to be in public speaking, having their own podcast. Yes. So my podcast bridge to you is all about diversity and inclusion among black cultures. And this is a very niched and unique angle because when you hear about diversity and inclusion, you never hear it from this position. Mm -hmm. And the guests on my show highlight their personal stories and experiences about maybe biases they've held um, among other black cultures and what they went through in terms of their awakening to having a, you know, enlivened way of being. They're also business professionals. And so, you know, you get to hear what they do and how it impacts the world. I've had many people come on the show and share their stories. It's a very, very open um, and clear show. And then as far as someone who wants to be in the business of speaking for podcasting, it is a fabulous opportunity. It allows you to practice hearing your voice. So many people don't want to hear their own voice. <laughs> I used to give people assignments. I remember when I was teaching in, um, in the university, mm-hmm. um, they would have to submit. I would tell them, this is before Zoom now, okay? They had to record on their phone a video and upload it. And people were so self-conscious that it's like, guess what? I had to do 15 times before I felt better. But what was happening in that 15 take is that you get better and better and better and you're practicing. Right. So for those who want to get into the speaking world, who want to have a podcast, you want to do it the right way. You want to actually have an angle. You want to be unique about it. You want to hone in your interview. Don't just ask the same questions. I'm actually judging some podcasts for an awards competition 
And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, the same questions come up over and over and over again. I can literally do the podcast for that person and I don't know what their show is about. So have a unique angle. Talk about either the people, um, where they're from, maybe how they help their clients in a unique way. Mm -hmm. Keep that engagement aspect. Otherwise, you'll also lose the audience with your podcast. So be very careful because people are not as forgiving these days. You cannot get their attention and they're going to give you it back over and over and over. Maybe once or twice they'll be like, okay, let me try again. But if it's not engaging repeatedly, they're not going to come back. They're just going to move on to another another show. Yeah, for sure. So Monique, let's talk about how you work with your clients today. And you've obviously got folks can access your expertise through your books, but those that want to have one-on-one coaching. Yes. I work with people who are looking to improve their emotional intelligence and self-awareness. They want to just maximize their individual productivity through coaching, and they want to learn about their communication styles. Sometimes I work with individuals who want to refine their story. They have a story and they don't know what it is or they're not comfortable sharing their story yet. That's what we get deep into. And by the time they're done, they're able to make progress. One of my clients started her business during the pandemic. And like I told you, 90% of people who speaking, they're not getting paid. Mm -hmm. Um, But she started brand new. And there's this belief that when you're starting, you just got to do grunt and free for the first couple of years until (laughs) it turns over. Yes, but not if you have a mentor or a guide or a coach or a strategist who can help shortcut some of those steps or problems so you can avoid them. So she launched her business in the pandemic. And by the time we got into her sub sub niche and her positioning with her previous expertise, she was able to start getting paid from her second speech. And I'm talking about five-figure paydays for Mm. her second speech because it was such a specialized focus. She felt comfortable in her story. Um, And so these are the types of things that I help individuals with. Also, uh, co-founders, people who are starting their business with business partners. One of the things they totally forget is having a communication plan right at the front. And so they end up being frustrated or stagnated because they're not able to think about how they're going to make decisions when things go wrong. Mm. As you start off in the beginning and things are going well. And so we're not thinking about, okay, if this doesn't go right, how are we going to handle this? What are we going to do? What is your communication style? What's your personality style? Because the relationship is something they want to preserve and they want to take care of. And so nine times out of 10, they say nothing. And saying nothing drags on the problem for years, wasted time, wasted money and effort. And so someone like me can come in and be a neutral facilitator with my communications background, helping them to make decisions quicker and faster pivot quicker and faster, and then have more time to bring more money into their business. I can see how that would be a extraordinary service for partners that aren't getting along or what have you, because people get into business. It's really easy to get into business, but then there's nothing, probably nothing you can do other than marriage that that you can get into uh, with someone and learn very quickly what you don't know about them that rubs you the wrong way, right? Or um, highlights differences that maybe you papered over when the business started. Yes, yes. 
And when money gets involved, like, you know, it, uh, it muddies everything up that's, quicker. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my. So, um, Monique, I'd love it if maybe you could share a success story that you're particularly proud of, one that really highlights the great work, transformative work that you do for people. Oh, my God. Which do I pick, John Ray? Yeah, no, we, th- th- we don't have as long enough show to <laughs> tell all the great stories, but if you could tell one or two, that'd be great. Yeah, so, and I'm going to share this. It's going to be a personal one, and you'd think that, well, it's on the personal side, it's not on the business side, but the biz- business is personal, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the biggest success stories I'm going to say is with myself, myself, um, going through the process of coaching and learning as, as much background and education and experience that I've had, I had found a a point in my life where I needed that expert outside help and getting that expert outside help allowed me to see blocks that I would never even see at all. It allowed me to remove things that I thought I was embarrassed about, ashamed of business failures that were just really hurtful and painful But that allowed me to open up and share with other people, and that facilitated a lot of freedom. That's one of the biggest successes in my entire life, business, personal, and and professional. And then I would also say one of the things that I really, really admired is one of my clients who, in the beginning, it felt like it was a bit tough uh, for her. And we thought at the end of our agreement that, uh, arrangement that yeah it didn't really go the way she wanted it to go. But a few months after she called me and she said, I now realize what we worked on. Like I have changed my way of being permanently. And sometimes we start working with a client and we have a goal. We're going to get to point from point A to point B. And if you're so focused on that point B goal, you can feel frustrated when you don't get there. Mm -hmm. And I had to encourage her that actually that was not the goal. The goal is part of the process and part of the journey. It's about the needlepoint moves that you make and the progress. Are you making progress? And is there new awareness? Mm. And that for me was phenomenal. Wow. Um, Awesome. You know, Monique, I can't imagine that there aren't some folks that, hearing this interview want to don't want to be in touch. And so let's give them directions on how they can do that. All right. So GPS is firing up direction yep. one www.moniquerussell.com. That's M O N I Q U E R U S S E L L.com. And you can also reach me on LinkedIn. That's my social media platform of choice. I am Monique Russell, clear communication coach. And folks will have, links to Monique's books, uh, both Intentional Motherhood and The Ultimate Speaker's Guide in the show notes, as well as the Bridge to You podcast. So if you're interested in any of those um, uh, links, we'll have them in the show notes. Monique Russell, it's been so such fun. Same here. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Finally. I know it. Same here. I, I know it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, folks, just a thought. When you think of the word team building, if you're like me, you think about broken ankles and mosquito bites. And that's not my idea of a great time. (laughs) My idea of a great time involves food. And here's a 
way to bring food into that team building activity. Give Executive Chef Andrew Traub a call over at ANS Culinary Concepts. Andrew and his team operate uh, ANS Culinary Concepts, a, a culinary studio in Johns Creek, and yeah, they do corporate catering and whatnot. Um, and they do great work there, but they also have a corporate team building function that is just awesome. And you and your teammates can stand around a stainless steel table, cutting up meat and seasoning meat and vegetables and cooking together and eating together. And it's a lot of fun. So I would encourage you to call 678-336-9196 to learn more or go to asculinaryconcepts.com. And folks, North Fulton Business Radio is, we're past 500 episodes now, and we're excited about that milestone. We've only gotten this far because of you and your support and because of our great guest. And here's what I'm asking you as a listener to please do. Help us highlight the work of the, our guest. We have, we've had great business leaders like Monique over the years, and we are here to celebrate and honor their work. So if you heard something here today that makes you think, hey, I know somebody that needs to hear this message. Please share the show because that's what we want to do is highlight their work. So please help us help them. We greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Monique Russell, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio. <laughs>